Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. There's nothing like coming to a church that's full of the Spirit of God when you get there. And the beautiful part of it is you know it's going to be before you get there. Yeah. And we thank you for it, Father. We just worship you tonight. We thank you. I have had <clears throat> this phrase going through my spirit How many military personnel are in, in, current or former? Then you know what it means to take and hold the high ground. <clears throat> I was in the army. I wasn't in the infantry. I was in the signal corps. But the basic fundamental, the, mo the most basic of all military fundamentals is take and hold the high ground. Yeah. Take and hold Come on. the high ground. I was just a young, young boy during World War II. <clears throat> I was born December the 6th, 1936. December the 7th, 5 years old. But I was a good big boy by the time that thing was over with. And uh, <clears throat> I've always had um, a a like and a, an, an enjoyment of the military. If if I hadn't been called to preach out of I'd have wound up there, I'm quite sure. Anyway, take and hold the high ground. And I'm thinking about one incident. <clears throat> the enemy had taken hold of a a monastery up on top of a mountain. I don't remember the name of it offhand. Monte Casino. That was it. Monte Casino. That was it. And our guys were all down here at the bottom looking up at that thing. And, and the enemy had gun emplacements all over it. Well, the United States would, would never, uh, if there was any way out of it, we would never ever bomb or attempt to destroy anything that had to do with God. Wouldn't do it. And what, I mean, we're just getting wiped out. They, got, they have the high ground. And, and having to go up that hill toward that, it's just suicide. So, they finally made the decision. We're going to have to bomb this thing. Now listen to me. They bombed it. 
and just obliterated it. It didn't change anything. Now they just had more rubble and more cover. They had the high ground. Yeah, that's good. Of course, we took it because we don't quit. Right. That's right. Amen. I don't know. There's something just about me that won't let me quit. I never quit. Glory to God. One thing Yogi Berra said that I like, it ain't over till it's over. And when it, even when it's over, it ain't over. La Torah Rika Levrut Ishpukumbala Levitik The faith way is the high ground. The love way is the high ground. Even at times when it seems to you that this is the worst thing I can possibly do, look what they've done to me. Take the high ground. Yes, sir. Amen. Take the high ground. Yes, sir. Look down on the enemy, not up at him. Amen. Don't you ever look up at yes, him. Yes, sir. Keep your spiritual cool. Take the high ground. Don't ever let the devil see you sweat. Don't you ever allow him, saith the Lord, to have any idea that you don't have the victory. Because you do have the victory. I am your victory. I always will be your victory. And you stay in me and victory is assured. But if you get your head down and you become negative because of the things that are happening around you, because of the things that are happening in your country, you're defeated before you ever go. Take the high ground. It's my ground. I'm up here on top of the mountain. So come on up. The view is wonderful. Climb Mount Nebo. Moses climbed Mount Nebo. And there he could see what other people couldn't see. He heard what other people couldn't hear standing on that high ground. Praise God. He climbed that place. And from there, he came to me and rested in the victory that I gave him. And that same victory belongs to you today. I was there at that time, saith the Lord Jesus. Moses just didn't know me yet. But you do. I am your high ground. Stay lofty and strong. Always knowing 
The battle is mine. I've already won it and the victory is yours. So rejoice and go strong with your head up and stay on the high side. Stay on the positive side. Stay on my side. Stay on the God side of everything, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. <clears throat> That's, let me get situated here. Now, I don't have as many books as Gloria. Don't you love Hank and Brenda Kuhneman? Let me, let me tell you a little story about that. Oh, bunch of years ago, Jerry Savelle and I <clears throat> had a meeting in Omaha, Nebraska. And at the time, the Hilton Hotel was new. Now, you know, I mean, look it up and you'll see how long ago that was. <laughs> and, uh, but it was brand new. And we had such a powerful meeting there. So uh, it was, it was amazing. Anyway, Hank said, I'm, you know, I don't, I'm not, no way I'm going to be a preacher. Can you imagine that out of Hank? Huh? Uh, no, 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 no. But somebody, we were there three weeks. It was the first, Nancy, it was the first place in this ministry where people fell out under the power. And we had, we were in a hotel ballroom and the platform wasn't very high. It was just, you know, maybe like maybe high as those first two steps there. It was quite large. And uh, <laughs> I just, I don't even remember now what got it started, but they, some people came up, I laid hands on them and they just fell over. I thought, okay. <laughs> okay. And they just stacked up up there all over the place. And there was, there was no place to fall anymore. <laughs> now, I saw this happen. I was looking right at this man when it took place. He just fell over like that. He just fell over like that, straight back. And the Lord stopped him just before he hit, hit the, the platform and moved him over here in an in empty spot and laid him down. I'd appreciate him doing that some more, wouldn't you? <laughs> it's, of course, it's become uh, pretty common then, since then. And in healing school one morning, Gloria was preaching. I, I was back behind the curtain. And there was a guy who came out and just laid down. He was, he was in the prayer line and he walked out. He just laid down on the floor. And he kind of looked at him and, and one of the guys came over and said, what are you doing? He said, I thought that was what you were supposed to do. <laughs> Everybody else did. He just, he just came up there and laid down on the floor. <laughs> Praise God. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. What reason I said that, you know, Gloria has that, that large podium that has a ridge across the top of it here. And um, Brenda, when, when Brenda was 14, she got her mother's ironing board and, and played like she's Gloria Copeland. And get her Bible and set it up on the ironing board and play Gloria Copeland. Well, so somebody gave Hank those tapes and whoa, it got him. So he just said, okay, I'm going to preach. Yes. So he ordered, I don't know whether you realize it or not, but there's a company that has Copeland one and Copeland two podium. And people just order them all year. The two is the big one and one is that little one. <laughs> so anyway, he got the big one with the thing across the middle. He had his concordance up there. He had his Bible. He had dictionary. And somebody said, Hank, you don't need all of that. He said, Gloria's got all those kind of books and I'm going to do it too. <laughs> I tell you, I love that man. I love Brenda. They're, they're so precious to us. And uh, anyway, thank you, Lord, for the word of the living God. We thank you and praise you tonight. The victory is ours. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Open your Bibles with me, please, to Mark chapter 5. You thought I was going to 11, didn't you? Well, don't give up. We may land there before. <laughs> but oh, everybody in here can quote that, so... <laughs> Mark chapter five, if you would. Now, I want to give you, I want um, the, the points of this message so that I, um, I <laughs> Anyway, I'm going to do what the Lord told me to do. I'm going to give you the points of it before we get into it. Number one, faith prepares for what it expects or believes will happen. Now you've heard the phrase, faith plus corresponding action. First time I ever heard that was from Brother Hagin. But now, it's actually Weymouth New Testament was originally called the New Testament Modern Speech. Now, it was out of print, but so Kenneth Copeland Publications put it back into print. And if you, if you like a copy of it, well, you can order it. We don't have it in the leather. Uh, very good friend of mine named David Weider sitting right there in front of me, had that done for me. And I'm so grateful to him. Thank you, Dave. Now, I want to read this to you. <clears throat> in the uh, second chapter of James, and uh, don't read, don't read yours. We'll get there. But I, I want you to, I want you to hear how how uh, this is translated. What good is it, my brethren, if a man 
professes to have faith and yet his actions do not correspond. Amen. Now there were, there were a lot of trouble with the way the King James works. Well, we don't believe in works. Yeah, you do. You just don't know it. But faith, as you know, by itself. Now, I'm not talking about when you got born again. I'm talking about faith that changes things. Faith that receives things. Without corresponding action, it's dead. The example is the woman with the issue of blood. Now she said it. In fact, if you study that, she kept saying it. She kept saying it. She kept saying it. She kept saying it. If I but touch his clothes, that's it. She could have said that and died right there in her room. That's right. The corresponding action, she had to get into action in order to bring her faith into operation. That's right. Now, remember this. Faith, of course, is a more a, a powerful spiritual force. Faith is a catalyst. How many of you ever used epoxy of any kind? Boy, I'll tell you what, either one of those substances won't do anything. They're inert. But you mix them, I'm going to tell you something, partner, you better hurry. Because something is about to happen. The thing gets hot to start with. The word preached them, not mixed with faith. In the book of Hebrews, not mixed with faith did them no good. So faith is the catalyst. Jesus in Capernaum, in his hometown, had just come back across the, the, the lake and we're going to see this in a minute. A lot of people touching him. Right. Only one. Only one. Only one. That woman. I can hardly wait to get to heaven and find out what her name is. I know who she is. She's the woman without the issue of blood. <laughs> now, I said that. And I read this in order to um, place that idea in your thinking. For just as a human body without its spirit is lifeless, so also faith is lifeless without obedience or corresponding action. Now, we think about that corresponding action. Thank you, David. We think about that corresponding action being after the fact. And I dare say, well, see, the woman with the issue of blood believed it, said it, and then the action. It doesn't necessarily have to be that way. Now, that's all I'm going to tell you about that for right now. Faith's motive is always love. Faith's motive is always love. You're going to see that. 
Number three, when one is willing and obedient, when one is willing and corresponding action to obey God, he or she will eat the good of the land. Open your Bibles with me to the book of Isaiah. And um, first chapter. Verse 18. Come now, let us reason together. Now, there's one particular church. Gloria was raised in that church. Her, her, her grandmother, very strong in that church. Now, her grandmother. Mm. Now, this, this is a, for, for the most part, Gloria had never heard the word salvation. And you're going to find out if your works have made it at the end, whether you did or not, or whether you go to heaven or hell. Well, we know what that'll get you. But now not Mrs. Niece. Her pastor told me, he said, Copeland, she sits on the front row. I can just see her in my mind. Now, mom wasn't very big, but she was very bold. And he said, she'll say, pastor, wait a minute. That is not what that says. <laughs> she just, and he said, oh, he says, Copeland, she's right so many times. <laughs> he said, I just, I just, now she came one time. She said, can I? She's having problems with her back. And she said to Kenneth. Now the book says in the book of James, they call the elders of the church if you're sick. And they'll anoint you with oil and the prayer of faith saves sick. But she said, we've got elders. I'm not calling them. They don't believe anything. <laughs> <laughs> you anoint me with oil. I said, okay, mom. Boy, I mean, she got healed just like that. Anyway, one of, one of the, that scripture, it denotes that come, let us reason together. And that's, that's one of the phrases that they use. Now, that's fine. Unless you leave off, saith the Lord. Just all of us coming together and reasoning. We might as well go on home now. <laughs> we cast down reasonings and imaginations. Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Now listen to this. Though your sins be as scarlet, then you can't just read that 19th verse by itself. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. 
Now I've heard Brother Hagin say this and it's, it's absolutely the truth. God wants us to have the good. You prove that all the way through the Bible in both covenants. This book is two covenants, the first one and the second one. And there's no place in either one of them where God wanted you to have bad. I got so tickled at Keith Moore. He said, you go to the store, they're called dry goods, wow. not dry bads. <laughs> You're supposed to have some good dry goods. Man. Right. You're supposed to have dry goods that look good on you. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. Now, <clears throat> if you be willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. So now, Mark chapter five, they came over unto the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. Well, I want to take just a moment with that. <clears throat> we won't turn there and look at it right now because you're all of you are familiar with it. In the sixth chapter of the book of Ephesians, where the spirit of God through the apostle Paul laid out Satan's rank and file from the lowest. You don't, yeah. we don't start with yeah. the devil. But now let me tell you something. Don't get caught in this trap where you bind the devil and you don't bind the rest of these rats. Amen. Just a word. <clears throat> we wrestle not with principality. We wrestle not with flesh and blood, but with principalities, powers, now listen, rulers of the darkness in this world. Those are the ones that possess people, spirit and soul and body. That was the case here. One devil, one spirit. Now that one spirit had command over a legion. Yes. 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 And you can see that. Yes. That, that legion of those principalities and powers, yes. low level devils, yes. but they were under the command of that one. So you can see it right there. a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs. No man could bind him, no, not in, with chains. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> because he that had been often bound with fetters, shackles. That's the great fetters. If you look that up, it's shackles. 
shackles and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, in pieces. Neither could any man tame him. <clears throat> now, that's the dark side The spiritual opposite of that is Samson. Samson wasn't a big man. Until the Spirit of God came on him, and I mean, he'd tear the building down. It's one thing to pull down a whole building. It's another thing to break a few chains and leg irons. Can you see the difference now? Uh -huh. yeah. I, and mainly what the Spirit of the Lord uh, is endeavoring to reveal is this, the spiritual forces yeah. involved here. Yeah. So, <clears throat> and always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. He was a cutter. When he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshiped him and cried with a loud voice and said, what have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I adjure thee by God that you torment me not. Now that's not the man. Yeah. It was the man's voice. And I submit to you that it was quite loud. Everybody out there heard it. I've experienced this more than once. And um, the most outstanding was a woman in Jamaica. <clears throat> she was a restaurant, a waitress in a restaurant. And just a young girl. And, and there was a, a meeting came through town and she accepted Jesus as her Lord and her Savior. And she was so thrilled. I'm telling you, she just fell in love with Jesus. And so she, she, she got her a new dress and, and she got all fixed up and, and, and had her hair done and, and had it trimmed and nice and, and, and went to church then and they wouldn't let her in the building because she cut her hair. Not only that, she had polish on her fingernails. <laughs> and they told her that Jesus did not love her anymore. It broke her heart. And she thought about that, meditated on that, meditated on that. Bless her little old heart. She didn't, she, she didn't know anything. And that got on her and got on her and got on her and got on her until she wound up spending eight years in an old mattress with no, no bed clothes on it up, up in the mountains. They didn't, they didn't even have electricity up there. Just she's on her haunches in that old mattress with a little stick about that long and a bandana tied up and she had all of her possessions in that little bandana and she said she'd been sitting on that mattress for 18 years.
we walked up to her bedside. And there was the pastor and, a, and a, another man that was with me. And, uh, and we just walked up there and she just, just hunkered down on this bed. Now, I didn't know all this whole story. They picked me up to go to, to the meeting that, that night. And the pastor said, Brother Copeland, uh, could we go by and play for this woman? I said, sure. He said, she's mad. <laughs> I said, mad? He said, yeah, you know, crazy. <laughs> well, we drove up there and, and, and got it over to this place. Like I said, no electricity, all, all kerosene lanterns and stuff in there. And my goodness, we walked back through that house. I saw two or three that didn't meet that, <laughs> that description. <laughs> I mean, the whole house looked like Halloween, you know. Got back in the back bedroom and I, you, could, you, you could tell it when we walked through the door. She had her head down. I was just standing there, praying in the spirit. She raised her head to this one man said, you must be Brother Weber. Now those, if you got to be pretty old to know who Brother Weber was. <laughs> He's a radio preacher. Powerful man of God. Mm. No, he, he said, no, no ma'am, I'm not. The other man was standing here and she said, you must be Oral Roberts. <laughs> See, that's that devil talking. He said, no, ma'am, I'm not. She, and then she looked at me. I know who you are. You're afraid of anything that isn't flesh and blood. I said, no, I fear no man. And I certainly fear no devil. And in the name of Jesus, you're going to have to come out of it right now. And she down her head went. And the Lord said, tell her I love her. I didn't know that story at that point. And she went back down. I said, baby, look at me. I said, the Lord wants me to tell you he loves you. I said, baby, look at me. I said, the Lord wants me to tell you he loves you. And the eyes came back. And she, I didn't have time to stay, but I know what happened. Amen. That spirit was gone. What did it? What did it? Love. Faith's motive is always love. Now, <clears throat> when he saw Jesus far off, ran and worshiped him, cried with a loud voice, what have I to do with the Algeria? You by God torment me not for he had said, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And he asked him, what is your name? And he answered saying, my name is Legion for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of that country. 
Now there was there nigh under the mountains a great herd of swine feeding and all the devils besought him. Now everybody there heard the conversation that started. Only Jesus heard those other devils. That's quite obvious. All the devils besought him saying, send us into the swine that we may enter into them. <clears throat> now those, those pigs were the reason these people were so frightened over this. That herd was food for the Roman army. And what are they going to tell them when the whole thing run off out in the ocean, <laughs> in the lake? You can, go, you can go to Galilee right now and see where that happened. It's a real steep bank. And I mean, they just went wild and they hit the edge of that thing and off in the lake they went. Now, I've said this before. I can't imagine 2,000 of those things. Now, my grandfather's a farmer and rancher and they raised hogs. And one or two of them make more noise than you want to stand around. <laughs> and in some places in Texas, they've, they've, they've gone into the wild. And there are thousands and thousands of them. And there are people that'll hire you to come kill them. They'll tear up that whole bunch screaming, squalling. But just the ones that I've heard. Now think about this. Any country people in here? You're just, just country folks. And you sit down to the table and they got a slop bucket at the end of the table. That don't sound good to start with. It's not. Because I'm talking about, you know, way back there, long time ago. <laughs> Um, uh, well, I'll tell you, my grandfather was my hero and uh, we lived in Abilene and they, they lived in, uh, up on the plains and I'd get to go spend the summer. Oh, my, my goodness. So wonderful. And I'd watch him, I'd watch him feed and, and, we'd, and we'd milk and slop the hogs. <laughs> slop. Do you understand slop? <laughs> that's anything that's, that's not metal. They'll eat the paper. They'll eat wood. <laughs> Am I messing up your breakfast in the morning? I hope so. <laughs> the slop bucket was at the end of the table and you just rake all of the leftovers in that. Five gallon bucket. And then you go slop the hogs. Oh, brother. Well, you can see what Jesus thought of them. Yeehaw. <laughs> anyway, back to business here. Verse 13, forthwith Jesus gave them leave and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. There were about 2,000 and were choked or drowned in the lake. 
they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what was done. <clears throat> they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil. And also concerning the swine. They began to pray him to depart out of their coast. And when he was come into the ship, he that had been, had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him, howbeit Jesus suffered him not. But saith unto him, Go home to your friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. And clothed and in his right mind. <clears throat> Where'd the clothes come from? Faith always prepares for what it expects to take place. Corresponding action before you get there. Oh, I can just see Jesus. <clears throat> now, now, boys, listen. Go get some nice clothes. Don't, not, not any of your stuff. <laughs> I'm going to call this man to preach. That's right. Come on. And, I, and he's, he looks nasty. I don't know how long it's been since he's been home. I'm going to send him home. I want to send him home looking good. I want him to have the good of the land. I, 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 I need him to look good. He's going to preach for me. I want him to go home when he sees his family for the first time. I want him to say, don't you look good? And he's going to say, oh, let me tell you about the man. And then he went by, he went around preaching. He went around preaching. What is he, what is he preaching? Compassion. 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 Yes. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Love. Compassion. And faith. Yes. Go together. Hallelujah. It's a good study sometimes. Go through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and see how many times Jesus was moved yeah. by yeah. compassion. Moved by compassion. Moved him. Now, I've experienced that a time or two. Oh, oh I wish you could get into that <laughs> every time. And, and with me, <clears throat> it, it's not this gushy feeling. Most people think, 
Oh, if I could just feel like that. Feel like what? Well, I just, I, I just want to have this wonderful feeling so it'll motivate me to go witness. Going to all the world. I mean, that ought to be motivation enough. I just need a burden. Well, bend over. I'll give you one. <laughs> give, give, you a reason to, give you a reason to get out of the house. <laughs> I didn't say that, did I? <laughs> I guess I did. I can't even blame that on the Lord. We were in, uh, I was in Detroit and um, I was with Brother Roberts <clears throat> and Brother DeWeese, my boss, came and came, he said, Kenneth, we'll never get all these people prayed for. He said, I'm going to set you up a prayer line. I said, okay, well, think of this. And you can, you can lay hands on them and pray for them. <clears throat> I said, good. And this woman came up in front of me. Over her eye was this, it, it, it came out of her hairline. You couldn't see where it, where it started. Down over her eye like that. No way she could have seen out of that eye. Purple, reddish veins and stuff. And when I described it, it looked like an eggplant. Well, then, uh, then the doctors told me, well, that's malignant. That, that, that's malignant growth over her eye. Well, compassion came over me, but it, it made me mad. I saw that and it just made me furious. Yes. How I, I just wanted to, I, I wanted to attack it. Yeah. Well, our compassion will, will do that. Yeah. It is passion. Now in the natural, that's supernatural compassion. In the natural, I am very compassionate. I'm, I'm very passionate about this nation. I love it. Die for it in a heartbeat. When I was in the military in 1967, there wasn't a war and it kind of made me mad. I wanted in on something. That is Kenneth B.C. Didn't take a whole lot to make me mad, but I won't get into that. <clears throat> But this country just means a lot to me. I am red, white, and blue through and through. So, I mean, my airplanes are red, white, and blue. Now I have one that didn't, I haven't painted it yet. All the rest of them are red, white, and blue. Praise God. Praise God. And as soon as this one needs paint, mm -hmm. it's going to look like a flag. <laughs> there's just, there's no other color to paint them. Anyway, 
I saw that growth. Now, my mother and dad, well, not my dad, but my mother had, had come to that meeting. And uh, this was when I was a student at Oral Roberts University and I was uh, part of the flight crew and, and so forth. You know the story. <clears throat> she was standing right behind me because there was something like 500 people in that prayer line. And uh, <clears throat> she, had her, she had her hand in, in my back like that. And I saw that. And, and when I saw it, I just, and I started to say Jesus. And it just disappeared. It's just gone. And it kind of just took everybody's breath. The force of it was so powerful. It wasn't the fact that it disappeared. If you've never been in the presence of that kind of spiritual power, you know, you know what it'll do to you. And it's a little bit before you can get your breath. I saw things like that in those days. And she just stood there. And my mother said, where did that go? I said, I don't know. <laughs> now later, in inquiring of the Lord about it, as he began to teach me about it, he said something like this. He said, I created all matter. The moment you touch that, it dematerialized. Now, healing is a process. Every one of us have healing built into our bodies. It's there. The anointing of God, the power, you remember the woman touched Jesus and he stopped knowing that power had gone out of him. We know it was his anointing. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He's anointed me to do this. Then in Acts 10, you remember what that says, Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing. He went about doing good and healing. He went about doing good and healing. He went about doing good and healing. Good and healing. Good and healing. It was the power. Yeah, brother, that is Jesus. No, it wasn't. It's God. It was God that anointed him. And Jesus himself said, it's the father that dwells within me. He does the work. Amen. Well, the same father's dwelling in you and me. Amen. And the same forces are here today. Amen. Now, let me remind you of something here. I won't get over into this uh, to all that much, but I do want to tell you this. We've got a lot of stuff going on in our country right now. Listen, that's the same devil that got on Pharaoh. Mm, yeah. come on. Yeah. He hadn't changed any. Mm -hmm. 
That's right. It is the same God that kicked the slats out of him. I had the Lord say to me one time, he said, Kenneth, I've been dealing with politicians for a long time. <laughs> And he said, these politicians this day and time are, he said, they're pikers up against the Pharaohs that I've dealt with. And one. And one. In fact, I've never been able to find a fight that he didn't win. But he needed somebody to believe him for. He's already won it. It's what we do with our faith and our heart and the words of our mouth and our actions that correspond to it that make the difference. Anyway. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> Jesus knew what he was going to do. He knew exactly how he was going to do it. He provided the clothes before they got there. Now, I went all these years without seeing that. Isn't it funny how something is hide right there? How many times? I've worn out Bibles. I'm not Bible, Bibles on, in the book of Mark. And one day I looked at and the clothes, the clothes, where did he get the clothes? And I just, I went something like this. Yeah, where did he get the clothes? <laughs> he knew he needed them. Faith's Motive is always love. Yeah, David, I, let me have my iPad. I'm going to use that instead. Of, I, I put part of the scripture down here, but I want to use it. It's always been strange to me. Open your iPad. I've said it. In fact, I think I said it here last year, but can't you imagine one of these days? Oh, by the way, would you like some good news? Yes. My granddaughter, Lindsay, Kelly's daughter. In fact, this is a good testimony. When she was 11 years old, Christmas, when she was 11, Oh, it's just in my mind. Kelly and went, went in to wake her up. She was absolutely delirious. She didn't know anybody. She didn't know where she was. This is Christmas morning. And they rushed her to Cook's uh, Medical Center for Children, Nasirian Meningitis. And they said, and it, it had turned into a, a small epidemic there in that area. That place was full. 
We were 650 miles from home. And I don't remember, they, they had taken the airplane back for maintenance or something and glory, and, but they called. And so it was, it was midnight by the time we got in there. But now Jerry and Carolyn Savelle were there. And they, the doctor told Kelly that this, the, this infectious disease doctor said, um, they took the spinal fluid. And she said, this is really bad. She said, I don't know, but what it, maybe it's one of the worst I've ever seen. And it gave them no hope. And Kelly told me, she said, Daddy, I mean, that came down over me like a black, dark cloud. Now, Terry was standing there, her older sister, and she walked over to Terry and she looked her in the face and she said, I refuse to fear. She said, Daddy, when I did, she said, that thing just went away. Just now. Well, by the time we got there, um, she was in intensive care. And they, you know, they suited us up in, in uh, hazmat gear and all that. We walked in there. And then on the way, the Lord had already told me what to do and what to say. So we walked up there, Gloria and I did, next to her bed. And she was just lying there in the bed. I touched her on the breastbone. Now the Lord said this to me. They came and picked us up in the airplane and flying home in the spirit, the Lord told me what to do. I said, Lindsay, I speak to the anointing of God that's on the inside of you. Rise up and put this out of her body. Her eyes popped open and she gritted her teeth and hollered just as loud as she could. Papa, I'm healed in the name of Jesus. I'm healed. Christmas when she's 11 years old. Couple of days or so after Christmas. Lindsay gave birth to a little girl. Isn't that, isn't that like just, isn't that like Jesus? Look at this devil. <laughs> little Colette, Colette Olivia Torres. Praise God. Amen. You got to brag on your great grandkids, you know. So now I've got 10 and 10, 10 grandchildren, 10 great grandchildren. Good. Now then, thank you, Jesus. He began to pray him to depart out of their coast and he had compassion on thee. Now, Oh, 
Okay. And I'll go to Now I'm going to be reading out of the classic amplified. So, and you know the scripture. And it can't, well, let me, let me read from the King James and then you'll know where it's coming from. Ephesians 5, 1. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children and walk in love. Well, followers, I mean, well, you know, it's kind of so what? I'm a follower of God. But that Greek word is uh, M-I-M-E. Anyway, we get our word mimic or imitate from it. Therefore, be imitators of God, copy him and follow his example as well beloved children imitate their father and walk in love. Imitate God and walk in love. Imitate God and walk in love. Imitate God and walk in love. Now, 1 John 13.35. No, John, excuse me, 1 John doesn't have 13 chapters in it. The gospel of John, big John. <laughs> John 13, 35. Verse 34. Now, before I read this, this is very, very important information. Thirteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth, sixteenth, seventeenth chapters of John was in the last covenant meal. And be very, very careful with paintings. That picture, the big table with Jesus in the middle, that would have to be a table for 16. Because all 13 of them are going to be on one side. No. No. Now, don't go take it down off your Sunday school wall. Well, you can if you want to, but no, that's not right. In the first place, if it was a table, it was very low. They were sitting on the floor. There was no way at that big table for John to be in Jesus' lap. If he had been, you couldn't have seen him. Now, he said, as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. I take communion a lot. 
And when I'm at home, I take it every day. And, and I, 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 I see myself in that place. You do this in remembrance of me. Now, there is an image that I have in my mind. It's not the one with the thing on her head. That, 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 that's not it. I was in two of the last tent meetings that Brother Roberts had. And this was one of the tent meetings. And the invalid room was in a, in a, in a smaller tent. You know, really, 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 really sick people. Big crowds get really make you nervous. This little girl, she was about nine years old. It obviously was a poor family because that old wheelchair, I'm telling you, it was, that thing was kind of held together with, with wire and all that. And they had a board strapped and wired to that wheelchair. It was a tube of 12. So it was wide enough for her to be strapped to it. Now, Brother Roberts had preached corresponding action. He preached that that day. And then when he came into the invalid room, now it was my job to hear the message and then go over the points. Anyway, he said move something. His, his favorite expression was, if you can't move anything but your little finger, start moving something. Get into action. Get into action. Put some action to your faith. Put some action to your faith. She's strapped to that board. She couldn't move anything but her eyes. And so he and I walked over there to her. And we didn't, we didn't get to do anything. She started rolling her eyes. Mama, 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 untie me, untie me. Get me on, I'm healed, I'm healed. She said, oh, no, mama, come on, untie me, untie me. And so they had her kind of strapped down. They unhooked that girl and whoa, man, I'm here. Off of that, that board, she jumped and around that tent she went and her mama's chasing her. <laughs> And I, that's the one I see in remembrance of him. I see that when I, when I take communion with him. And all of you partners, I've taken communion over you so many times. And I finally got my, my finally my dream came to pass. And in my, I have my, my studies in two parts. There's one part where I write my partner letter and now, but and just my, where my desk is and everything, I, they finally hooked up a big TV monitor and my partner's pictures are coming through my study. I couldn't wait to get that. Now that I have it, it's so distracting. I can't do anything else. I just want to look at my partner. I look at the books in your, in your, in your bookshelf and, and, they just, and I, I get over and I want to, and I'll say, Look, 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 and I touch that screen. Let me show you something. David, let me, let me get into that side pocket, please. 
right in front. Now, Brother Roberts, when he, before he would, when he would go out, he had all of his partners on microfish. Now, this is back in the days when checks were kept in photocopies and they shrink them all up. And, and so on his way, he would stop before he got into the inventory room, you know, four, five, six minutes and lay his hands on his partner. I wanted to do that so bad. And, uh, but I just carry you around with me. Praise God. How many partners in there? Your name is in there. I just carry that USB in my pocket. <laughs> oh, God bless my partner. Oh. Carry you around in my pocket now, isn't that something? <laughs> anyway. Thank you, Jesus. John 13, 35, 34. A new commandment. Now see, it's, it's, it's in the middle of the night. And they know something's up. They don't know exactly what. They're they're in that place with him, and he's saying things that he's never said to them before. And he talks about things very intimately. And he's, he's talking about covenants. And he took, he went through the Seder meal, the Passover meal. These were all Orthodox Jews. They knew exactly what he was doing. Yes, sir. But then he did some things you're not supposed to do. I won't go into all of it, but there's, you take the bread, the unleavened bread, the matzah, and it's folded in a, in a napkin. And you take out Abraham and you put him back. You take out Isaac and you put him back. You take out Jacob and you put him back. And for some reason we broke Isaac. What did he do? He said, this is my body broken for you. My body. This is my body broken for you. Oh. And then he did another thing. The tradition is to take the cup of the Messiah at the Messiah's place, upside down. He took that cup. And he said, take all of you, drink 
all of it. That means I've either preached long enough No, I'm not going to quit now. You can go on if you want to, but I'm... (laughs) Very surprising thing to do. It was very important that Judas drink that. Jesus never broke covenant with him. Now, do you remember that Abraham was called the friend of God. Yes. Now, if in the King James translation, it was properly capitalized. That's covenant. No longer a servant, but a friend. Yes, Even when Judas came out, even when he did what he did, Jesus called him friend. Now, I want to say something that, I want to just say this everywhere I go because it's, it's, it's pretty hard to take, but you're well taught. Judas His name is actually Judah. And when you know that, you can find him in the first covenant. Of course, Professor Greg Stevens teaches it, uh, it and teaches uh, first covenant survey at Kenneth Copeland Bible College. And, um, and he had, his understanding of the first covenant is as powerful what it should be. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm going through things and he's sitting there reading it in Hebrew. So, you know, you kind of have to be careful. <laughs> now he said, no, you did good. <laughs> the Paleo Hebrew is what's so, ha, 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 so interesting. Anyway, we'll get into that. I'm totally convinced that Judah had no idea that they could actually take him because he had always just walked out from the midst of them before. He doesn't know this is the end. He thinks we're going to set this thing up. I'm going to have some money to replace this stuff. And then, you know, da, 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 da. didn't work that way. So what did he do? He went out and hung himself and that, and the limb broke on that on the side of that cliff and it fulfilled scripture and he hit at the bottom of it and, and it, he burst open. Jesus spent three days and three nights in the pit of hell. And when he came in there, Judas was one of the first to see him. Brother and sister, that's tough. And I dare say that Judas is still thinking about it. He still has that day in his mind. He doesn't know anything else. He still has that day in his mind. He still has that day in his mind. And he's still saying, why did I do that? Why did I kill myself? How did I get into this place? That's hard, isn't it? But Jesus knew who he was. 
when he picked him. Copeland, I don't understand that. I don't either, so just let it alone. Hadn't had a thing in the world to do with your salvation one way or another. That's the reason I don't say much about that. But it's very sobering, very sobering thought. So all of this was taking place right there in that covenant meal. A new commandment I give unto you. What's this new commandment, Jesus? That you love one another even as I have loved. That's the new commandment. We can do this. I don't have to like you. But I do have to love you. And if I love you a while, I know I like you. There are politicians that I absolutely don't agree at all. But God loves them and so do I. So what must I do? I must take the high ground. I must. And it's not easy to do sometimes. Yes, sir. I, uh, you know, I've been following politics, been intrigued by it, presidential races and so forth for a long time. And later, as I got old enough, I studied um, President Roosevelt, studied his politics and so forth. And President Truman and Nixon. And, and just, just look into their lives and study them and so forth. And I was, boy, I was put out with, with President Johnson over the Vietnam War and all of that. And I, man, oh. And I'd say stuff like, anybody run a war better than that. But I never did run a war. <laughs> And I just kept saying stuff like that. And finally, boy, the, the Lord jerked me up one day. I mean, I'm standing there at attention. He hit me so hard. And right in, right in, right in, right in here, he just, just shook me on. He said, do you know him? I said, no, sir, I don't. Do you know anybody that knows him? I said, no, sir, I don't. He said, don't sound to me like you know much. I said, no, sir, I don't. He said, I didn't tell you to like him. I told you to pray for him and love him. I said, yes, sir. Now, when you think about it, all I had, all I knew about him was what the TV said. So I just started praying for him. Praise God. And just pray for him in the spirit. Because I'm supposed to do that. And that's what love does. Now what we used to do, like the kids called the olden days, and before electronic keys and all that kind of stuff, 
we'd, we would leave the room in our hotel room and leave the do not disturb sign out there and leave the television going loud enough where, you know, probably didn't fool anybody, but made us feel better. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, came back in that TV was going, I wasn't paying attention to it. And, uh, and the president was, was talking, I don't even remember now, what up? And I walked into the, to the bathroom and taking my, my tie off and I heard his voice and all of a sudden the love of God came on me. And I began to realize the pressure that man was under. He had a war he couldn't win, a war that frightened him didn't know what to do with it. If he tried to win it, he's afraid he's going to start World War III. Had no idea. I mean, that. Yeah. But that's the way love works. Yes. Amen. Amen. That's the way love works. Amen. So now, anyway, let's go on with this. By this, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Now, somehow or another, it's going to have to show. It has to show up someplace. If you love one another. First John 2, 5. Now I'm going to go here. First John 2, 5. Well, four. Let's turn over there with the King James and we'll compare. First John 2, 4. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments as a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keeps his word in him, verily is the love of God perfected. Yeah. Now this is a classic amplifier. Whoever says, I know him, I perceive, recognize, understand, and am acquainted with him, but fails to keep and obey his commandments, his teaching is a liar, and the truth of the gospel is not in him. But he who keeps treasures his word, who bears in mind his precepts, who observes his message in its entirely, truly in him has the love of and for God been perfected, completed, reached maturity. By this we perceive, know, recognize, and be sure that we're in him. Yes. Now back to the gospel of John, the 14th chapter. And here again, we're at the covenant meal. Now, now get this, get, get the concept of this in your mind. It's in the middle of the night. It's very quiet. 
everybody is, everybody in the room are just hanging on every word that he says. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe in me also. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you unto myself. And there I am, you may be also. Whether I go, you know. And the way, you know. Thomas saith to him, Lord, we know not where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said unto him, I am the way, Thomas. I am the truth. I am the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. If you'd known me, you should have known my Father also. From henceforth you shall know him, and, and you have seen him. Now look at this 10th verse. Believe us not that I'm in the Father, and the Father in me. The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwells in me, he does the works. Now come on down, come on down. Verse 21. He that has my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. This is all, this is all covenant talk. We're looking back on it. They were astounded by it. They were astounded by it. And he said something here that has been discussed and cussed and discussed and rushed around <laughs> ever since he said it. In the 12th verse, he said, two verilies. Hmm. He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. Praise God. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I'll pray the Father, and he'll give you the Holy Ghost, and when he comes in. <laughs> now, and there's, like I said, there's been a lot of discussion over that. And I'm not saying any, any of it was wrong. But open your Bibles with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 3. And I will show you by the help of the Spirit of God Oh, I love this book of Ephesians, but this third chapter. Ooh, the 14th verse. Now, all of you partners know that this is one of the this is one of the scriptures that we pray and stand on with you and for you. Verse 13. 
Wherefore I declare, I desire that you faint not at my tribulations for you, my tribulations for you, which is your glory for this cause. I bow my knees to the father of our Lord Jesus Christ of whom of the father, the whole family in heaven and earth is named. that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that you be rooted and grounded in love. Amen. Amen. (laughs) We're almost there. We're about to see the greater works. Stay in there with me. That you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints. What is the, with all the saints, all the born again folks that'll, that, that'll believe it. All of them. That you be able to comprehend, understand, have working knowledge. Well, I didn't intend to explain that, but, but I'm, I'm on, so, so you get a better picture. Everybody in this room, whether you have or haven't, you know how, you know you could go to the airport, buy a ticket and go somewhere. But the difference is in understanding. Because uh, right at 60 years ago, I learned how to fly. So you you can see the difference. We're both flying. But you have to go when they go. I go when I want to go. It's just a higher level of comprehension. Not anything special about it. Anybody can do it. The only thing that was wound up being special about me is God called me to do it. My dad said when I was just, just a boy, he said, tell you, if I could unzip your head, wouldn't anything come out of motorcycles and airplanes? I said, that's right. <laughs> now, to show you, you have what you say. It was right at the close of World War II. Now, they had grounded all, all civil aviation except Civil Air Patrol and, and some things right on the coastline. But everybody, I mean, your, your airplane was in the hangar. You couldn't well, you might pull it out of the hangar and start it, but it, it, you just, you could not fly it. But right there at the close of the war, they, they figured out, you know, they're not coming over here. So they opened up for, for civil aviation. And a friend of my dad's called him. And there was a man by the name of Wooten that owned Wooten Furniture Company there in Abilene, Texas. And, and so... He had, you remember, have you seen pictures of the airplane that Amelia Earhart flew around the world, twin engine? That's what he had. He had a little Lockheed. He said, uh, we're going to take, we're taking Mr. Wooten's airplane out and thought maybe you and your boy would like to go. The boy would like to go? Are you kidding? (laughs) And, And he put me up in the right seat. And I know he saw the glaze on my eyes. 
he grinned. He said, don't you touch anything. <laughs> I sat on my hand. I said, okay. <laughs> and hey, of course, you know, it was the beginning of summer and uh, right there about, you know, 1945, when the war was essentially over. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big kid. And, and so we flew all around the city of Abilene. I'm just sitting there looking at this thing, you know. And they, they, he went back to open the door. And the, of course, the thing hadn't been flown, you know, in four and a half years. And it had been checked out very good, but the door stuck. And it took him about 20 minutes to get the door open. I had 20 more minutes. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Now, we, my dad and I were walking away. Makes me miss my dad. And we were walking away and I had him by the hand. And I stopped and I turned around like that. I pulled my hand out of his hand. I stood there and there was that little Lockheed 12 just sitting there shining in the sunshine. I said, Daddy, I'm going to do that. He said, what? Now listen, you can have what you say. I said, I pointed at, I said, I'm going to fly airplanes. He said, you can do that. And it was in my heart. It was in my heart all the way through World War II. And a big training field out there close to Abilene. I just lie out there on, the, on my back in the summertime and watch the plane, airplanes flying. I thought, now that guy's up above the clouds. I'm dreaming, see. And I'm I get it in my mind and try to look down and see what it looked like. And the first time I was in an airplane, I thought, you know, I had this pretty good. <laughs> I'm saying this to point out the love of God. That was in my heart because he put it there. Amen. Amen. So, now I want you to see this. Verse 19. To know the love of Christ. To know it. To comprehend it. Know it. The word there, the, the word there is, is gnosko, an intimate relation with it. That same word is used and a man knew his wife. I mean, it is that kind of intimate relationship with the love of God. Which passes knowledge. Listen. That you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able, here is the greater works. Unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly beyond all we ask or think according to the dunamis, according to the power. Jesus knowing that dunamis had gone out of him. It's the same word. It's the holy, we get our word dynamite from that word. Amen. That healing Holy Ghost power. Look, look. Unto him that is able to do exceedingly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. There's the greater works. Amen. 
Folks, I'm telling you, it's here. I'm, I'm so convinced of it. Brother Hagin began to talk about it and prophesy about it back in the 1980s. I, and, and I got a hold of it in 1983, January of 1983. I, 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 I went up to our prayer cabin and stayed up there the month of January. Fasted and prayed and sought God. And, uh, and I heard it. I heard it up there then. I thought it was going to happen in the next few days. But what, see, concept is, is everything in this. Well, Brother Copeland, it hasn't happened. Don't tell me it hasn't, hasn't happened. This ministry is now a network. Yes, sir. Amen. Yes, sir. We're getting more people healed than we even know about. Yes, sir. That's true. That's true. Amen. And when God pressed us and pressed us to go on and get on direct TV, they said we couldn't do it, but we pressed and they did it anyway. Thank God and new partners. I mean, hey, who would have had any idea that it was the news network part of it that would draw the people in? And you wind up with Sidney Powell on the program being prayed for. Yes. Glory to God. That's awesome. That's good. Hallelujah. That's awesome. Glory to God. And now there's all kinds of people calling and said, well, you know, they said this is the channel to be on. Can we be on too? Praise God. He has a plan. And I'll close it with this, we're already here in the book of Ephesians. I like, I like the even as. Yeah. To love one another, even as yes. I have loved you. Amen. Remember he said, Lord, love the Lord thy God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself, fulfilling the law and the prophets. And what else? And love one another. What does that do? That fulfills the New Testament law of Jesus. Oh, my, he's, he's correcting. Oh, these are all born again, Holy Spirit baptized Christians that having problems with their flesh and their mind. <laughs> I like this. Verse 22. Put off concerning the former conversation of the old man, the former lifestyle. He didn't say pray and ask me to do it. He said, you put it off. Which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, what? Putting away lying. Okay. <laughs> Speak every man truth with his neighbor for we're members of one another. Be angry, sin not, let not the sun go down on your wrath and neither give place to the devil. 
Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor working with his hands the thing which is good that he may have to give. He didn't say so to make a living. He said, no, 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 no. That you may have to give. When you give, it'll make a living for you. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. <laughs> That's really good in the classic Amplified. It says something like, uh, well, here, I have it here. Let's just read it. You got time? I'm closing with this, but it seems like it's taking a while. This is worth looking at. The blessing of the Lord, it makes truly rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Neither does toiling increase it. That's that, that word sorrow. That it, that's what that word is. Is toiling, labor. Toiling doesn't increase it. It maketh rich. The blessing it. The blessing it. The blessing it maketh real. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearer. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be ye kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Even as God, for the sake of the anointing, that's what the word Christ, that's what that means. For the sake of the anointing. You want to keep the anointing? Forgive. Imitate God and walk in love. Imitate God and put the hurt on the devil. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Shall we stand, please? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise and worship you, Heavenly Father. Praise and worship you, Heavenly Father. We praise you and worship you and bless you and praise you. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Those of you watching online, anyone in the sound of my voice. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, now is the time. Any man, woman, boy or girl, right now is your moment. This is the day. Today. This is the day the Lord hath made. We'll rejoice and be glad in it. Today is the day. Today. Right now is time. Right now, this is it. David said to Goliath, today 
the Lord will give you into my hand. How did he know that? Because he had a covenant with God and knew it. This uncircumcised Philistine, who does he think he is? I'll kill him. <laughs> it was not what the giant said that frightened everybody. It was his size. He's almost 10 feet tall. He like three inches being 10 feet tall. That's what frightened everybody. But he was so big. And David, just a young boy, less than 20. He'd been 20, he'd have been in the service. 17, 18 years old. But he had a covenant with God. And that same covenant Lord Jesus said, anyone that comes unto me, I will for no wise or no reason cast him out. Brother Copeland, you don't know what I've done. I don't. But I know what my Jesus has done. Hallelujah. And he loves you. He just loves you. He can't help loving you. He is love. And he did all the hard part. Suffered beyond anything any human ever will, ever had or ever will suffer. Went to hell himself and suffered there. Oh, but he was raised from the dead. The only thing that Jesus could not do for me. He couldn't pray my prayer for me. First week of November, 1962. I had just had a new job and I, I flew a, an executive with Arkansas, Louisiana Gas Company from Little Rock Shreveport back. His name was Weir. I never will forget it. I came home that night. Gloria was at the stove preparing supper right about eight o'clock. I changed clothes, took my suit off, came into the, our little kitchen in our new furnished apartment. And I sat down. I had one shoe on and had the other one in my hand. Oh, now I was raised in a, my, my folks raised me right. Godly people. Godly people, Southern Baptist people. Until like Brother Hagin, they got the left foot of fellowship when they got baptized in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> anyway. And there I said, <sighs> and it's just, oh, just the glory of God. His presence was all around me. And I heard him say, Kenneth, you don't get right to me, son. You headed to a devil. He didn't say, son. Kenneth, you don't get right with me. You're going to a devil's hell. I said, I know it. I know it. What do I do now? I heard my Sunday school teacher's voice. She was very elderly. She's a little, little woman. And she wore, she was a widow woman. And she wore all black and she wore a little, little black straw hat, a little artificial flower in it. And her name was Taggart. And we called her Old Lady Taggart. And she called herself Old Lady Taggart. 
in a Southern Baptist Sunday school. It's like, it's like school. They promote you every year. And, and she had a bunch of boys in there said, we said, we're not going if, if Ms. Taggart's not, not our teacher. So Ms. Taggart just graduated with us. She said, boys, you have to ask Jesus to come in your heart. I heard it right in here. And I thought, that sounds just as dumb as it did the first time I heard it, but I don't know what else to do. I said, Jesus, come into my heart. And he did. He did. Took all of that turmoil out of me. Just that quick. Just that quick. All the profanity left my mouth. Nineteen sixty-two in November, first week of November. That's been a while. Thank you, Jesus. Today, all of you and anyone in this room, just put one hand over your heart, signifying that you believe every word that you're saying. And say this out loudly enough, you can hear it with your own ears. Oh, God in heaven, I believe with all my heart that you raised Jesus from the dead. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. I confess you as my Lord. I repent of the past and all the sin and all the wrong is gone. Take my life and do something with it. Fill me with your precious Holy Spirit. I receive by faith and I fully expect to speak and other tongues, just like they did on the day of Pentecost. Thank you, Jesus, for being a gift to the world. And thank you for giving the Holy Spirit a gift to the church. We receive it in Jesus' name. We receive the healing of our bodies, peace for our minds, prosperity in our lives and we thank God for victory throughout 2021 in the name of Jesus. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.